The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Tuesday, December 15th. We're 10 days away from Christmas, and we were given a gift from the football gods on Monday night in the form of the best game of the year. An unbelievable battle between the Ravens and the Browns that somehow featured not only a Lamar Jackson bathroom situation, but a wild ending an incredible shootout. It was 21 to 14 at the half and finished 47 42. Imagine betting the under in this game or advising people to bet the under because there was 20 mile per hour winds expected the entire game. That would have sucked. If you did that, you enjoyed a game bittersweetly. I'm sure I wasn't alone there. Anyway, joining me to break it down, John Breach, Ryan Wilson, and special guest, Josh Edwards. Josh, what's up, buddy? Not too much. We uh, we were treated tonight to an actually good Monday night football game. And you know what? I'm just glad that everybody had fun because that's what this is all about. <laughs> so you're a Brown, you're a Browns homer. And uh, Wilson, by the way, if you want to watch, is wearing um, a uh, our Baker Mayfield dangerous shirts as Thank well you, as a Steelers uh, hoodie. So you're, you're you're wearing a Steelers beanie and a Baker Mayfield T-shirt after a Ravens win. Did you think that through? Yeah, and, and I explained to Josh, like I like Josh a lot. Josh is awesome with the draft coverage, and he helps me out when I get flat tires uh, in terms of making up for the draft coverage that I can't do. But uh, I was telling him before, like usually like I hated the Bengals when they were good 25, 30 years ago. Uh, I hated the – no offense, Breach. I, I hate the Ravens because they've been good for a while. I've had very little reason to be upset with the Browns as a Steelers homer, but now that they're good and they're they were – Literally one 55 yard field goal away from really pressuring the Steelers into losing the division after an 11 0 start. That, uh, I played this day, I put on the Lewis Dangerous shirt just to rub it in Baker's face. And then I wore my Steelers hat to show my allegiance to, to my team that's going to make the playoffs and then lose in the first round. Breach, how does it feel to be the guy who's the Bengals fan? with all the excitement surrounding the AFC North. It's been so long since I've seen quality AFC North football. I didn't even know what I was watching. Is that what really happens? Is that how good teams play? This was amazing. What have I been missing? I need well, a new team. I will say, and it feels like 45 years ago because it happened in like week three, but the Bengals-Browns Thursday night game was very exciting as well. Now, this was better. This was the game of the year. Um, again, there was uh, Lamar Jackson ran for 124 yards. He passed for 163. Nick Chubb scored two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt scored one on the ground and one in the air. Baker Mayfield ran for one. Um, I told everybody to take the under on Baker Mayfield passing yards on the podcast uh, pregame, so I apologize for that. He what was it? It didn't matter. It wasn't close. Was it three? Was it three forty two by any chance? It was not three forty two. It was like well, again, there were supposed to be twenty mile per hour wins. Like, I Brenton, in your defense, he only had one thirty four at halftime. Yeah. The, and, what, what are you defending? <laughs> he got well, no, no, I mean, like it, the game just turned into a shootout and Baker is yeah, winging yeah. it all over the place. I, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? That, that's be, not, 
in your also in your defense, Kenny White had the second half under at twenty three, and he liked the under. Like he liked the under twenty three. Yeah, Just because, as you point out, there, there was supposed to be weather, and then and then both teams beat the under individually. <laughs> Is that good? Beat the over individually. Yeah, that's right. Um, it th- it was a crazy game from the get go. I mean, there was there were six scores in the fourth quarter. You know, at one point in the third quarter, you're like, all right, like, you know, maybe the full game under 46 is in play. And it's just boom through the moon for, for 89 total points. Um, I, they, had, they were, there were nine rushing TDs. Right. Nine. The problem was that these teams defensively could not stop the run. <laughs> that, that was a problem. And like every time they would get to the red zone, there would be a 19 yard touchdown run. There wouldn't be three or four runs inside the red zone and a pass and taking a dunk. It was like Gus Edwards just 19 yards to the, to the end. Zone. A ton of injuries on, on both defenses that probably had a lot to do with it. I mean, Baker was throwing to a lot of wide open guys. Lamar was throwing to a lot of wide open guys. We haven't seen, like you mentioned, Lamar only threw for 124 yards. He had uh, 17 attempts, but most of those guys throughout the year, he struggled to throw the ball this year. Tonight, everyone was wide ass open. He missed a bunch uh, of big plays too. And, you know, Hollywood Brown thought he was playing for the Steelers for a while. He couldn't catch the ball. Then he finally caught the, the most important pass of the game on fourth down. And that's where Trace McSorley left on third and, third and two. Well, let's, well, let's, let's rewind it. And I know, I yeah. know you missed this apparently, but the biggest situation in the game and, and really what you, it was an old school throwback Twitter fest breach. We got, uh, everyone just doing the, it was a, it was a comedy pyramid. Just so Lamar, Lisa Salters pops on and is like, Lamar Jackson has not been present on the Ravens sideline for the entirety of this Browns drive. I have been given no answer from the Ravens. They say he is fine. They say everything's going on. And I think, uh, uh Dan Katz of, uh, Big Cat of Barstool was the first one to tweet it, but he was like, Lamar has diarrhea. Everyone knows. Like, it's like, it's very obvious. It was like, oh yeah, that, that's definitely what that is. Shortly thereafter, they pop up video of Lamar and he's doing the, like the little poop shuffle. And I mean, you know, he later said he was dehydrated. I'm sure he was. He's I was had- cramping quote. I didn't pull a Paul Pierce end quote. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> okay. All right. So he was cramping. It's possible. He was just trying not to slip and fall on his cleats. It looked like he was sprinting back there to poop. It makes a ton of sense that in post after having COVID that he would cramp up, that he would be dehydrated, that he would have some. Issues, uh, he just said that. Okay. Issues out of the, uh, the old, the old backside, but, but whatever it's, the case. It's worth well, knowing, well, by well, the way. Let's be honest real quick though, that the poop storyline is way cooler than the cramp storyline. So, you know, it's way more fun to think that, but in Lamar's defense, uh, he did say after they played the Cowboys last week when he rushed for 94 yards, that that was as tired as he had ever been after the game. And he felt like it was the after effects of having COVID. And so very possible that he cramped. Sounds like he did. Uh, but man, for Breach, about 10 let, let minutes me, on Twitter, Breach, it, it, was, me, it was a poop extravaganza. Let me ask you this breach. Uh, when players typically cramp, do they sprint into the locker room? Like their life depends on it. Uh, well, I will say it depends. Like if you, think you need an IV and they need to get you in the locker room to get it. And it's the fourth quarter and you have to hustle because you have to get back on the field. If you want to have any shot to return to the game, if it's the first quarter, I don't think you're shuffling like that. Uh, but it definitely looked like the poop let shuffle. Me, I, I agree me, with Brinson. Let me ask a follow-up. Do you typically have I ever done the poop shuffle? Yes. Dr. Brees, do you typically get cramps in your neck or in your bicep or do you get them in your legs? So you wouldn't be able to sprint into the locker room. You can get them anywhere. 
Are you, so are you questioning Lamar saying he had cramps? I'm just saying, like, I believe him. I don't care. It's funny. Well, I, I, Dr. I, Wilson, I would love to know your poopinion on this. <laughs> so you do think <laughs> that's the funniest thing breaches ever didn't seen. have cramps. All right. So hold on, let's, let's get, so the game part of this happens. We're not going to just read a bunch of Twitter jokes, but I mean, it was, it was, it was, we could though. We'll just have it like was an emergency it's podcast. It's a little weird reading. though because everybody's sort of going nuts, like making poop jokes. And at the same time, you know, my, we advice, all, my, my advice would be just to get off Twitter. I wasn't on Twitter during the game, but go ahead. Uh, no, no, this is when you wanted to be on Twitter. This was a good time. Uh, but, uh, we saw, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I got to interview one more time. Jeremy Fowler, who is like the most straight laced reporter at ESPN, literally just had to tweet the Paul Pierce poop thing. <laughs> <laughs> So the um, so the what are we doing? I don't know. It's uh, at any rate, Jerry Fowler, good buddy of ours. At any rate, the um, so Lamar, the 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 um, the <laughs> I can't do it. The drive where Lamar, Lamar, I'm sorry, Lamar also said it was crunch time. I had to get back out there. And when you say crunch time, it could be anything in the in the. Yeah. All right, man. all right, go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. So in the third quarter, the Ravens score. Uh, J.K. Dobbins plunges in for a touchdown after Baker Mayfield was intercepted by Tyus Bowser, who returns it to the one-yard line. Dobbins plunges in for the one. Justin Tucker's uh, extra uh, uh, extra point was blocked. The Browns then get the ball back, and it's 34-20, to and it feels like this game, Josh, is over. The, the, the Browns are done. They're down 14 points. This is where the Ravens are going to lean on you. Baker's going to have to force some passes down the field. Um, and frankly, they, they get the, they get, they get moving. They get going, right? And, uh, at one point there was a too many men on the field that they challenged. And this is the point where. Wait a second. Let's, let's slow down before we get like there, there weren't too many men. There were 15 men on the field. <laughs> so that's one thing. 15 men. That's, that's a crazy, crazier. There wasn't a flag thrown initially. No yeah. one threw a flag. Fifteen guys running around on the field. We talk about the officials every week doing crazy stuff. Oh, it's, well, it's, go ahead. We just—it's like whatever. These guys are these By guys the way, are terrible DPIs. They're doing all kinds. Where's of the things. head of officials? We talked about them all the time. You used to talk about them last year being in the jacuzzi sipping on martinis. We don't even talk about it anymore. Where's he been? Pajamas River on. He's hanging out in his, in his uh, jacuzzi. And you know what? I've tweeted this out, but I feel like if you have 15 men on the field, that should be more than having 12 men on the field for your penalty. <laughs> you should get like five yards per person that you have extra on the field. So the Ravens should have been hit with a 20 yard penalty. All right. So That's Josh, personal take. at this point, the Browns are marching down the field and on a fourth and four credit Kevin Stefanski. I mean, you know, he's down 14 points. You got to do what you got to do, but he's going for it on fourth down. Baker Mayfield hits Higgins for a deep touchdown. They cut it to 34-28. Um, they go for two, or they go for two and cut it to 34-28. Where is your head at this point as a Browns fan, knowing that Lamar Jackson has – because at this point, we've seen the video. He's been spotted, you know, like shuffling to the bathroom. You know he's not just imminently returning, and Trace McSorley is coming out on the field. Yeah, the door was definitely open. You start feeling like you have a little bit of uh, a chance to come back in this one. And to Cleveland's credit, that's something that's kind of been lost over the past two decades is typically when they get behind in games, it's over. There's no coming back whatsoever. But this team has shown some resolve this season. So um, I was having flashbacks of week one when they were down by two scores because that's how it played out in week one. Baltimore gets ahead. Um, and then Cleveland, who is grounded in the run game, is not able to catch up because they have to throw the ball. Tonight, Baker was wheeling and dealing all night. I mean, he he had that terrible pick six, but 
Palmer was also just throwing. Yeah, he almost picked six and he was throwing it around, um, was really in rhythm and making a lot of good throws. But yeah, when when it was cut to one score, I started to feel like Cleveland actually had a chance, which if you had told me that five minutes earlier, I would have told you you were nuts. Yeah. So they then marched down the field and take wait, wait, let me ask, let me ask Josh this. Sure. Josh, Josh, would you rather have seen them lose by two touchdowns or lose in the insane fashion that they lost in? Um, I would have preferred them not to lose, uh, preferably, <laughs> but, um, you know, I was fine with that, with it the way that it played out because I think people are going to give Cleveland some respect after this game. Great. Um, they've beat the Titans, they beat the Colts, but I still felt like they never got the type of respect that maybe they had warranted. And I think tonight was a little bit of a display that they're better than people think. I don't know if they're, you know, this, this juggernaut because I don't think the Ravens are that special right now either. I think they have their own issues, but I think Cleveland going out and performing and coming back the way that they did at least earns them a little bit of respect in the national eye. So I I, I, know I think that's a good point though. And the, the fact I, it's way worse to lose you're down 14. You just get bludgeoned and it, and it's, and you're just, and you feel just defeated. This nobody, is, nobody, the, nobody but a Bengals fan wants to lose by 14 points. You'd rather right, lose in the last right. second. Breach is the type breach. You're right. Breach likes getting choked out. Hey, oh, just kidding. Um, crazy. It's inappropriate, Princeton. <laughs> did you, I'm just kidding. He's a, he's yeah, a masochist. I, <laughs> Maybe he is. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, all right. That went dark. <laughs> He's got to clip everything. <laughs> That's what happens when he doesn't he show up. Boy, I said, Breach makes it get choked out that you may want to check out. Check <laughs> it. Um, so anyway, the Browns march on the field and take a, it's a 12 play, 70 yard drive, six minute or 70, 70 yards, six minute and 13 seconds. Baker scrambles in for a touchdown and he did that little slide too. It was like kind of close to get across the end zone, but he like got across and did the slide. And oh, look, I, I, see, I love Baker. I think Baker's awesome. I'm in on Baker. I, I, I hate the fact that people just want to get, be out of his game manager. No arm strength. Baker's good. Baker's no one, good no one anywhere on planet earth has said Baker has a bad arm. That's not anything anyone. Yeah. Said. He threw the ball 75 yards on the, on the Hail Mary not, before like, halftime. He's not the strongest guy in the world. Who said that? Have the biggest arm. No one, Greece no one's, no one's ever said that. I'll, I will find it. I will go look for it. I promise you. He His said Hail it. Mary went 75 yards. I, I can't even throw that far, Brinson. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling on. you that Greasy said it tonight. I'm not going to dunk it on myself. Greasy. No, People, I was, he, I was breach dunked on himself. That's what I was yeah. going for. Josh, did Greasy say oh, that? Oh, oh, pie down hard. Um, Josh, hold on. Josh is the arbiter of truth here. Did, do you hear Greasy say anything about Baker's arm strength? To, to be honest, it was uh, it was a long night to keep score um, in terms of what was said. So it sounds like something that could have been said, but I have uh, no recollection of that taking place. I'll go back and rewatch the game and show it to you. Anyway, so your, Browns, your, bigger, your bigger point is that you love Baker. You're all in a Baker. I'm all in a Baker. I've been all in Baker for a while. The Browns were, are up 35-34. Trace McSorley's just gone three and out. You're feeling like you're like this. We are winning this game. Hold on. Um, Hold on. Face put some respect on Trace McSorley's name. Yeah. All right, there we go. I just want to get that in. Dobbins. McSorley actually made a really nice throw to Willie Sneed there. There goes 13 He made yards. a nice throw to Marquise Brown, too. The Marquise Brown dropped. So they, they feed the ball. They get to the Cleveland 43. McSorley takes a snap, and he gets 
uh, it's just an awful injury. It looked like a non-contact ACL type of a thing or a, a bad knee injury. He loses three yards. It's fourth and five on Cleveland's 44. There's no other Baltimore quarterback. Lamar is in. Can we, can we take a moment just to, you need to put alleged and reported on these things. Number one, Lamar allegedly had diarrhea. Number two. I was going to say Lamar's just in the locker room. Trace McSorley allegedly suffered some sort of knee injury. We don't know what it is. I'm just, I'm trying to help you out legally. Well, he, he was, was injured, injured in such a way that he was not taking the next snap, no matter what was wrong with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's right. McSorley is McSorley is limping off the field. He is toast. He's Robert Griffin III is not active. Lamar Jackson is doing something in the locker room, whatever you want to call it. Putting like they were 100 percent going to have to run Wildcat with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and somebody else back there. And it's fourth and five on the Cleveland 44. Justice Hill. At the two minute warning, we don't know what's going to happen. The, the broadcast, of course, is like, who's going to play quarterback? What's going to happen? It's like, well, they're going to run wildcat. That's very, very obvious, guys. And then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson is sprinting on the field. At that point, Josh, what was your panic level? I still thought that Cleveland had a pretty good chance because I knew they were going to have to throw the ball realistically. And they hadn't done the best job of catching the football all night. Of course, when it mattered, um, they had sure hands. It wasn't an issue. But Cleveland actually started to do a better job of stopping the run uh, late third quarter, fourth quarter. So I thought, you know, you, you take that away from them, they're going to have to pass. And I didn't think they had the wherewithal to, uh, to complete a pass on fourth and five. But to Lamar Jackson's credit, and I've had similar frustrations watching Ben Roethlisberger on a weekly basis – the play is always alive. You know, it's it's always going to be extended and it's never dead. And they've get, gotten so many first downs 20 seconds into the play. It's absurd. So, Josh, let me ask you this. So as that play started, Lamar rolls right, and it looks like he may have a window to run. And at that point, you're like, okay, I was thinking 50-50, he gets it. At no point did I expect him to throw to a wide open Marquise Brown, number one. And number two, n- under no circumstance did I expect Marquise Brown to catch it. So, like, when Lamar rolls right, I'm guessing you're probably feeling okay that, okay, we have a chance here on fourth and five. Because but once he threw the ball and you saw Marquis standing by himself, there's still, like, a 62% chance Marquis is going to catch that by himself. Yeah, I think there were pretty good odds he was going to pick that up on the ground. Um, <laughs> he, had to, he, he had to adjust it. Oh, yeah, I thought he was going to get the first half. But then Marquis, right. he had to adjust it. It's like, oh, my God, if he drops this. Well, did you guys all think Lamar was going to take off? Because as he yeah. got past the hash and toward the sideline, there was only one Browns defender, and there was right. a Ravens receiver out there who could have uh, probably blocked him. And if he just makes any sort of block, it's an easy first down for Lamar. First down, he might be, he might be a touchdown. Well, and, and then you see him looking downfield. And let me just say, he had just missed an entire quarter of football, number one, before number this two. pass. Number two, <laughs> number two. Uh, I don't know who we're dumping. I don't know who we're dumping on here. No, yeah. Well, I was going to say number two, and most importantly, he was only six of eleven in the game before this throw. So he had completed barely fifty percent of his passes. Uh, he missed a quarter of football, and he went out there, had an easy first down, and decided to throw it to a guy who had dropped three passes in the game. It was insane. Yeah, and the crazy part is. So Hollywood Brown goes in the end zone. They get the two point conversion and you're like, all right, well, that's probably it. And then 
I can we, can we change it was. How, can we change, change Hollywood's name? He should be Sherman Oaks Brown until he starts playing better. That's what I'm going to start calling him, Sherman Oaks. Uh, Costos calls him Anaheim Brown. I kind of like that. There you go. All right, Sherman Oaks is closer than Anaheim. But Carl's Bad Brown. So, uh, so Hollywood scores and you're like, all right, well, this, you know, did they leave too much time on the clock for Baker Mayfield? And then sure enough, he hits Donovan People Jones for 30 yards. The uh, Ravens player is injured, so they have to call timeout. Then he hits Jarvis Landry. Then he hits Kareem Hunt on a beautiful ball down the sideline where Hunt made an incredible, like, toe tap catch. And then Hunt plunges in. For a touchdown immediately. Wait, wait, that, wait. Let's let's back up. Marlon Humphrey is playing zone, and Marlon Humphrey did the worst Olay I've ever seen. It looked like he was wrong footed. Cream Hunt just basically moonwalked into the end zone. Marlon looked frustrated about it, but that there was no chance on God's God's green earth that Marlon's going to get a hand on him. And by the end, it was too late. Right, and at that point, it's forty-two all, and a minute five left. I think at that point, which, which is felt like too much time for way too much time. You know, well, if, let's ask Josh. Did that feel like way too much time? Oh, absolutely. I was texting everybody I knew at that point that they left entirely too much time because I knew that Justin Tucker has a huge range. Even when um, going into this game, there was a report that the wins were actually going to be a factor in this game. Not a factor, Josh. Not, Not a factor, factor as we found out, unless your name is Cody Parkey. Uh, which that's another story because you left four points on the board. Maybe we wouldn't have even been talking about this, but with a minute and four seconds left, Justin Tucker um, had way too much time. There was way too much time for Baltimore to come down the field and get a field goal. And sure enough, they did. So um, that's a testament to both of these teams. You know, they were up against the clock in their last two possessions and they both converted. So hats off to the Ravens. Here's, here's my hot take. And it's not even a hot take and breach. I would be curious what you think. I think Justin Tucker has more confidence than Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers combined. That's how good he is. Yeah. I like, I, anytime Justin Tucker steps on the field, he thinks he's going to make the kick. And I think, you know, I think we talked about before the podcast, we actually talked about in the podcast that I had more faith in Justin Tucker making a 55 yard field goal outdoors in December than I had in Cody Parkey making the game tying extra point. Like I thought that Cody Parkey was going to pull Lamar Jackson and poop his pants and then miss the extra point. And then we have Justin Tucker going out there and he's not even sweating. He just kind of jogs on the field. Like he's about to kick a 10 yard field goal and that's it to him. And, and there was no question. As soon as it left his foot. Good. Walk off the field. You turn around because you know what's going in. If you're John Harbaugh, <laughs> no, how somebody somebody did the DK Metcalf Buda Baker thing. Buda Baker's Browns and RG three tweeted it. It's uh Buda Baker's Browns lead and, and DK Metcalf is Lamar after pooping. All right. Breach, let me ask RG3 you. RG three is spreading the rumor. How far if you're John Harbaugh? Are you sending Justin uh Justin Tucker out there to kick it? Like I think how, anything inside of sixty. I I I think that that ball uh, is good from 65, by the way. Well, but it was also hooking a little bit. And at 65, it might have missed wide left. I think it was hooking left. No way. But, I mean, he, he crushed know. it. He crushed it, and it would have made it absolutely from 60. And I think that's probably the distance they were going for. But there's no other kicker in the NFL where you can say, hey, look, all you got to do is get us to a 55-yard field goal, and we're good. It's over. Don't even worry so about it. If you have 10 kicks, and the if you lose, you have to shave your head and cut off one of your arms. Ten kicks for Justin Tucker, Tucker tonight. He goes back out there right now in Cleveland from 55 or 10 kicks, Cody Parkey, extra points. Who are you taking to make the most to save your hair and your arm? 
Uh, well, I mean, it'd have to be something for them. They have to shave their head. There has to be pressure on them because C- Cody Parkey's make all those kicks if there's no pressure on him. If it's just John Breach <laughs> shaving his head, he's going to hit all of them. Uh, but if there's like, he has to amputate his kicking leg if he misses, uh, I go with Justin Tucker. Okay. Yeah, if Tucker, Tucker has all the confidence in the world, then Cody Parkey was being walked out onto the field by gunpoint is the way that it looks <laughs> when he took the field for that extra point because right. the look in his eyes, I mean, that didn't that didn't inspire confidence in me. So uh, what, obviously what he pulled the, it out. Uh, Josh, what what's been the Cody Park didn't start the year as a kicker? I don't think. What's the Cleveland kicking situation for twenty twenty? Like what happened? That's a good oh, question. Oh, let's let's uh before we get to twenty twenty, do we, do we need anything for this particular game? We got to take a break and get to the. We'll take a break because uh, I'm just curious about how we got to the Cody Parkey situation. Okay, so anything else from the game? Nope. Good. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Apparently, we'll talk about Cleveland kickers. Because I drifted off and started watching, looking at memes about Lamar mm-hmm. Pippen. And uh, we also talk about what this means for the AFC North. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so uh, apparently Cody Parkey, hot, hot, hot situation, hot topic for right. Wilson's going to grill you, by the way. He, he's going to ask you, Josh, what, the, what are the Browns going to do in 2020? He's like, all right, Breach, who are they signing? Who are they drafting? Give me some names. You won't do it week after week after week. It's 2020 right now. I'm just, I, I'm trying to think because Cody Parkey was signed. I don't think he started the year as a kicker, right? Yeah, so they had Austin Cyber to start the uh, year. He right. struggled a little bit, and they gave up on him very quickly, quick, quicker than what they've given up on Cody Parkey, which at the <laughs> time I thought was the wrong decision. And who picks him up? It's this guy's Bengals. So he's been on the practice – actually, he's been on the active roster for probably half the season, and then Randy Bullock has his struggles, and suddenly it looks like maybe Austin Seibert's the uh, the kicker of the future in Cincinnati. Randy Bullock gets it from all. And, and also, when when Josh says the Browns never gave him a chance, he kicked in one game for the Browns. He missed a field goal. He missed an extra point. 
both in a 38 to six loss where none of it mattered because it was week one against the Ravens. And then, uh, Stefanski was like, all right, man, see, ya. I'm going to bring in the guy who triple doinked a field goal in the playoffs. <laughs> well, that's your point, Breach. Every week you can get rid of the guys, but who are you bringing in? Especially with Chase Kicker. McLaughlin. That, that's the guy. He just all signed. Right. Uh, moving along, let's talk about what this means for the AFC North. It, Brent, Brent is done looking at the memes. He's ready to go. <laughs> well, I just, we're not going to talk about the Browns kicking situation for three hours. Well, it could be important in the playoffs, Brent. Sure, sure could. It could sure be important uh, if there's another three point game in the well, next few weeks. Well, the playoffs are what we're talking about here because now it does playoffs. appear that the Steelers are likely to clinch the division. If the Browns had won and then won out and the Steelers had lost to the Colts or, in theory, the Bengals, which for any listeners out there who missed uh, Sunday's recap would result in Ryan Wilson getting a Ryan Finley tattoo somewhere on his body. Yeah, Breach gets to draw it, the design. Yeah, so you can draw and, it. And, look and like, one of you two numbnuts is paying for it. Sure, whatever. Breach offered to pay you double just to get it on your I'm going to pay him double. I'm gonna, there's going to be a twinge of guilt. I'm going to pay him double. But the thing he, is, Wilson won't do it. He's just going to vent you. He's going to hold on to the money. Can you imagine him at my funeral? Uh, he had one tattoo. It was of Ryan Finley. Well, like, and they'll be like, well, the guy's first name was Ryan. Was his, was Ryan Wilson's middle name Finley? Was his name Philip Ryan Wilson Finley? No, no, no they're going to be like, uh, this is weird. Two of his coworkers that he worked with like 30 years ago. Offer to pay for the tombstone. And um <laughs> there's this message on it. It says, like, check his butt. It says Ryan Finley. <laughs> yeah, Find I, the Finley tattoo. I wonder where I'm going to get it. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so, anyway. Anyway. So, if the Steelers win on Monday night, and by God, why they won't flex the Steelers-Bengals game out on Monday night, I have no idea. I would rather no, watch. We just got that game on Monday night. The next Monday night game is Steelers-Bengals? Yeah. Half Jeez. a dozen of one. <laughs> That's the penance we paid. We got a vaccine today. We got the, we got that game, and now we got to deal with the big. The thing is, Ryan Finley might have more throwing yards than than Big Ben in that game. Uh, but if the Steelers win that game, I think the division is pretty much wrapped because they're four and zero right now. They'll be five and one in the division. The Browns now have four losses in the division, I believe. No, it's 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 over if they win if they beat the Bengals. I think. Yeah, that's what I just said. Well, you said it's pretty much wrapped. I think they can clinch it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. that's a significant difference. Yeah, they're two games up on the the Browns. So if they beat the Bengals, that's a wrap. That's is that it? It's not, it's sure? not a wrap. It's not a wrap. Wait, the sure? Browns the Browns could beat them in Week 17, but they won't have a better division record. Oh yeah, that's right. There's a wrap. Okay, so if the Steelers beat the Bengals on Monday night, they clinch the division. Yeah, because then they can lose the next two, be eleven and uh, twelve and twelve and four, and the Bengal uh, the Browns, excuse me, can win out and be twelve and four. Right. Okay. So that's, so, so it is, it is in fact a wrap. If they beat the, yeah, big if they got to beat Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen. They're going to beat the Bengals. It's in, it's in Cincinnati. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. They would be the three seed and Cleveland would be the five seed. And the Steelers would also clinch if the Browns lose. So the Steelers might clinch before they even Uh, take the the field on Monday night. I mean, the Giants, no, no, just, just this week, just, just week 15 against the Giants. the Browns lose Sunday night, the Steelers clinch. I think the Browns will take care of business. Browns are a good team. Browns are, mm. Browns are not a bad team. The Browns, here's the thing. The Browns are a good team, and they're, they're going to be trouble for the Steelers going forward because the Steelers are going in the wrong direction quarterback-wise. But it just reinforces to me how terrible a hire Freddie Kitchens. They wasted a year with Freddie Kitchens. They wanted to hire Kevin Stefanski. Absolutely wasted a year with this goober who didn't even want the job. And... Was that Jimmy Haslam's idea, Josh? Whose idea was that? Dorsey's. It was Dorsey. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. What are you doing? Well, Dorsey 
So essentially, it, it was Paul DiBodesta and the analytics department were like, all right, our models and everything says Kevin Stefanski is the guy. And Dorsey didn't want to cede that kind of power to the analytical, the, the analytical side of the thing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, Baker looked great year one and checked with Baker and Baker was fine with Kitchens. And that's when they went with Kitchens instead of Stefanski. They got really lucky that Stefanski didn't go somewhere else. I mean, right, Josh? Like you could be in a situation where Stefanski's gone and you missed your window and he's killing it somewhere else. Yeah. He didn't have much interest, uh, the last cycle, oddly enough, but. Yeah, I mean, he's been a home run hire. I was impressed with his aggress- aggressiveness on fourth down tonight. He understood the situation, um, and he went for it. I mean, the fact that he understood, of course, it shouldn't be rocket science, but the fact that there were 15 players on the field at one time, he had the the wherewithal to challenge that play and get five yards when the broadcast team was trying to figure out you know, why you would challenge a pass interference which you haven't done since 2019. But I will ask you this. Do you know the head coach that Paul D. Podesta and the analytics team recommended before Kevin Stefanski? Um, it wasn't Josh McDaniels, was it? No, Ryan, you should get this one. Oh, no, it was – Um. oh, my God. Wait, no, I don't know who – oh, is it somebody from the Steelers? Sean McDermott? Sean McDermott. Oh, Sean McDermott. Wow, I didn't yeah. realize that. So, they, so th- you're telling me that Deepa Dessa and the analytics department have gifted Jimmy Haslam, Sean McDermott, and Kevin Stefanski, and he's like, "We got to have Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson." All those years of heartache could have uh, could have disappeared with one correct coaching hire about what five years ago. Mm, yeah, that's right. Unbelievable, man. Although Sean McDermott's probably pretty pleased he ended up in Buffalo and not in. Uh, yeah, but it Ooh. wasn't like Buffalo was some great prize at the time. He, he, I mean, he and Brandon Bean have made that thing. Sure. Let me ask you oh. this. Are the Ravens worth a stab? Uh, that's that's Breach's pipe dream. He can go on that. I mean, they they played okay tonight. Josh pointed out they weren't blowing the doors off anything. I mean, Lamar Jackson ran a lot, didn't throw a lot. He made that one pass. Wait, Martin's worth a stab? Like to bet on to win it all? Yeah. No, to make the playoff. Oh wait. No, to to win it all. Oh, but can't stop. What are you smoking? The win it all. What are the odds? A million to one. Eighteen to one. That's insanely low. You want to bet on a guy who's a team that hasn't won a playoff game? With Lamar Jackson. <laughs> there it is. There it so is. They've been, the, they've been the top seed every time. Still haven't won a playoff so, game. So yeah, that makes it easier to win playoff games. <laughs> the playoffs are literally designed for the top seed to win games. They got to buy. This guy's talking about they haven't won a lot of playoff games because they're the number one seed. <laughs> That's a great. I mean, Ravens again. are eighteen to one. Titans are twenty-eight to one. I mean, those odds are if you bet I on the Ravens. I take the Titans because I'm John Breach and I live in Nashville. <laughs> take, take I think Ravens. the Titans are better value than the Ravens right now. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Browns I mean, are forty to one. Wow, that's why interesting. Are they, why are the Ravens eighteen to one? They're still not even in the playoffs. They're they're pretty good bet to make it. The Dolphins are sixty to one at William Hill. Um, I am very interested in the Colts at twenty eight to one. Yeah, of course you are. I mean, they're not going. Colts to look good, man. They they have one big. Like, so problem. where do the Ravens? Right, let me ask you this: Where do the Ravens and Browns then fall in the hierarchy of the AFC for you guys? And well, Josh, I'll start with you because I don't want to hear Wilson talk about the Steelers. Uh, the Chiefs are obviously one, and then after that, how do you sort of sort out? Uh, like, who are you? Who do you think is most likely to? Whether it doesn't have to be because they're the best. Who do you think is most likely to face the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game? I'd say the Bills with the way that they've been playing. Um, I would 
I'm a little hesitant to pick the Colts because they are fantastic when healthy on defense. But the issue is, it seems like every couple of weeks we're talking about them not being healthy. So staying healthy is a big part of this, and I'm not sure that they're going to be able to do that. So the Bills would be second, the Colts, the Browns, um, and then you would fall down in the order with, with obviously, you know, the Titans and whoever else ends up making the playoffs. Whether Good it's, Lord. Steelers aren't in that mix, Josh? Is that what you're saying? Sorry. <laughs> Chiefs. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> they are going to win the division, well, so they will well, be there. Well, here we are. But the Steelers are really struggling too. So maybe this is the last time Josh is ever being invited on the podcast. I can't wait till the Browns and Steelers play each other in the playoffs, and we just have Josh and Ryan. I'm not, on the podcast. Sure, I'm not even sure that was a myth. I'm not even sure I slipped up there because the way Pittsburgh has played lately. Oh, they're I mean, terrible. I, they're, I might put them down there a little bit farther. They're terrible. I mean, you're not you're not even wrong. I was actually trying to talk myself into how they could be somewhere near the top. They are so bad. Uh, defensively, they're injured, and they're they're a really good defense. And I love the way they play defense. If, if we looked at the entire playoff field, and I'll include the Ravens because they're the eighth seed right now, the AC that doesn't exist, so the first team out. I would pick on a neutral field, probably every single team except for the Dolphins. To beat the Steelers. Why not the Dolphins? And probably the Dolphins. I would have to think about that one more, but so <laughs> that on, means on, I'm taking seven teams over the Steelers. For me, the, the Steelers defense is good, but they're injured and you can only do so much. We saw that on, on Monday night with the Browns defense and, and the Ravens defense. You can only do so much with your players, your good players, if the, if the other good players are injured. Steelers offense is a joke and it starts with all those Guys dropping every freaking pass thrown to them. There's nothing right, this more than not podcast, but no, we're talking about the playoffs and we're just talking about the, I'm just telling you why I sort of agree with Josh and breach. And I know breach is doing it for nefarious reasons. Cause he's, he's hoping that I have to get a Ryan Finley tattoo, but he's not wrong in this instance. Uh, their, their offense is a joke and it has very little to do with big Ben and everything to do with people dropping passes and the running game sucking. So yeah, well, I don't disagree with that. And I think the Dolphins could beat them too. Brenton, where are the Steelers on your personal AFC power ranking? Last in the division. They're last in the division. Did you say tenth? Yeah, he said tenth. I mean, I would have the I have the Colts. I think the Colts will beat would beat the Steelers right now, just the way that the Steelers are. Yeah, we know. You got your Philip Rivers underwear on. We get it. Hug your little doll back there. Where is he? I don't see him. Who's that back there? Looks like he's back there making out with a Oh yeah, there he is. Who's the other one on the other shoulder? Uh that that one? Is that the Beer can opener or something? What's that guy? No, no, that's uh, that's my Carolina Panthers garden gnome that EK right. had by me when the Panthers beat the Washington football team one year a few years ago. Yeah, that is the world's saddest bet, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like you had to pick one item out of the CBS uh, CBS <laughs> store. Anyway, um, you know what? Let's get out of here. Good talk, Ryan. You're not giving the Ravens a chance. I think the, I thought the no, Ravens would be like twenty five to one. When don't I make the William Hill. Don't make the playoffs. But they they ain't going anywhere. Well, I, I, if the Ravens are 25 to one or higher, I would have interest at 18 to one. I don't know that I have a whole lot of interest in, in them winning. 18 Super Bowl. sounds insanely low. Yeah. 19 to one is not great, but the Ravens are, I mean, they're one. Uh, Their defense is hurt. They don't throw the ball down the field and breaches, you know, theory about them not winning playoff games is, is concerning. I, I do feel like that win tonight might spark a little something in the Ravens though. Well, if the plan is to have Justin uh, Justin Kicker, Justin Tucker just kick kick field goals all day, then yeah, that's a great plan. But I don't know if that's going to be the. the I don't know if they can get it done with being as as one dimensional as they are, because I have serious concerns about this passing game. 
Yeah, and Josh, as he noted, the the Browns defense was banged up. They had zero people in the secondary playing tonight. They also they ran throw for. Uh, let me check my notes here. They averaged uh, seven point two yards per attempt, and that was Is that yeah. good. I mean, that was with some McSorley in there too. I mean, they. The thing is, like, if, if Baltimore gets a lead on you in the playoffs, the, the only team that's coming back on them is the Chiefs. Yeah, that's not true. I mean, they well, they had. They were up 14 to whatever against the Steelers at halftime. Oh, not the Steelers again. Okay. We're getting out of here. Well, did we bad. mention how bad of a beat this was that the, the Browns oh, no, got safety on the last play on multiple laterals and a three point spread. And all of a sudden the Ravens cover because of a bonkers final play. Yeah. All time bad beat. Like the, it, like, so Scott Van Pelt does bad beats on Monday nights on ESPN sports center and they cut to him as they're showing the clip and he just, he's like, Literally just shrugs his shoulders. He's like, wowzers. I mean, that is a criminally bad beat. If you had Browns plus three and a half, which was, you could have bought it at three and a half or four. It got up to three and a half in some point. It's, it, it flowed between two and a half and three and a half all week. Three and a half was available. A lot of people were like, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking the Browns at three and a half. That's a ridiculous line move. You were feeling good for a large portion of that game. And you were certainly feeling good with two seconds left when Justin Tucker made the field goal. You didn't want overtime. Tucker makes a field goal. You're like, all right, nothing silly. And then they do 45 laterals. I will say that I felt like Cleveland sort of uh panicked at the end and didn't – they had a chance to move the ball down the field. Right? I can't wait to see the all-22 view of this because it did feel like – there were some openings because the Ravens, it felt like, thought the the play was just going to end. A couple of the players like, oh, they're down right there. But the Browns just kept throwing it up. And, like, the rule number one, this is, shocks me that more teams don't know this. Literally, the only rule of the final play is don't be the guy tackled with the football. There's no right. reason to be the guy tackled with the football because then the game's over and you lost the game for your team. Uh, and the Browns were going by that rule. I mean, the football was everywhere. It was insane. Yeah, well, you also can't have two forward passes. Yeah, no one got tackled. He just threw the ball out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> Well, but I'm saying like there was a one point where Brown's player was holding. It was like, oh my god, if he takes off, like like if they, if they had a fast guy on the field, he's got the ball and he takes off down the field, he might run in there scoring. Can you imagine that ending? And then instead they kept throwing it backwards. And did you? I'm sure Josh said, but did you guys see the end of the uh, Western Michigan Ball State game? Yeah, that was wild. You didn't see it. Yes, I did. There was, oh, a, there, was a, okay. there was a flag on the play anyway, but like then the, the whole team's on the field. Why, why would I not see that? On near bad beat, crazy football ending on a Saturday? I thought I just said to, to shut me up. No, F you. F you. Yeah! <laughs> All right. Like Breach was saying, though, I'm kind of curious to go back and look at the all 22 on that lateral because when Landry threw it back across the field, there were a few blockers and it did not look like there were many Ravens except for the one that was able to contest the initial lateral. So if he hadn't been there, I wonder if there had been a lane for whoever caught that. To, Can you to imagine injured. that ending? And that's well, the thing. If you are the guy with the ball, you, you, like if you have any space, you have to try and move forward because you can't keep moving backwards. Cause when you lateral, you have to throw it backwards and you have to make up ground somewhere. And that was the, that was the only spot where the Browns struggled. They just weren't moving forward at all. These are the same two teams that ended a Monday night football game within the past decade on a kick six. So right. we've seen some crazy endings in this series. That's right. Great point. All right. Great stuff, Josh, uh, Breach, and Ryan as well. We'll be back tomorrow for a Brady Quinn football show. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you guys later.